Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Jazz Mostert, and you're listening it to... Is, look, it's Inside great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bulk, so... Um, <laughs> been, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but... But we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickhead, you could say. It's just, it's, they're just, there's <laughs> good racing and I enjoy it. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. As things are winding down for 2016 and everyone's getting ready for a bit of Christmas cheer, this edition of Inside Supercars looks at the state of the nation. With James Warburton, the CEO of Supercars, Roland Dane, of course, the championship winning team owner and power broker of the Supercars, Ryan Storey from DJR Team Penske and... Dave Reynolds. We go up and down the grid as we look back on 2016 and look ahead to the future for all those protagonists. I hope you'll stay with us on this special edition of Inside Supercars. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two lap the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Well, James Warburton, as the uh, engines are revving up here at Sydney for the final time, what's the legacy of the home bush or the Olympic Park 500? Oh, look, I think for us, we've had so many epic races here, uh, you know, over the course of the year since 2009. Uh, you know, who, who can forget, you know, particularly 2010, uh, some of the wet races that we've had. And I think, you know, it's really delivered a fitting finale uh, for, the, for the championship. Importantly, it had exposed you to the city market in a different way than what you got at Oran Park or even Eastern Creek. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a hallmark of our series, that any time we have a street race, you know, it really does provide that opportunity, uh, you know, sort of to, to, to bring out the fans. And, uh, you know, big street races need to be, you know, it needs to be repeat visitation for them to be successful. Uh, you know, so I don't, think it's, I don't think there's any secret that that's waned a little bit over the years. You know, made, you know, made up of you know, sort of heat and the, the time of year and those types of things. But you know, ultimately, uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a, as I said, a really fitting finale for the series each and every year. The difficulty is on track; it's been very successful. Off track, though, financially for supercars who've underwritten this undertaking, it has not been successful. And I guess that's really why it's the death knell. Yeah, look, in many senses, and I suppose when you, you know, look at the precinct and, you know, there's three bodies uh, within the precinct that you have to deal for, it's, ex- it's extremely complicated, um, you know, and and ultimately, you know, the time of year. So we've always been forced into a very late date, uh, you know, sort of this first weekend of December, um, due to other priorities uh, at, you know, and functions, if you like, uh, that we can't get access. So I think those two things alone, and then that pushes it into obviously a very hot window, etc. So I think those two things alone, you know, probably the biggest downfall. And of course, um, viewing for spectators, the, the ability or the inability, I should say, to, you know, build grandstands and to actually sort of open up um, more viewing areas. So 
uh, you know, certainly with the replacement uh, with Newcastle, we've got another epic um, track, um, absolutely sort of beautiful scenery, which will, you know, really showcase Newcastle. And then most importantly, really good viewing areas. So it'll be like a Townsville with people being able to get really close to race cars and, and see a lot of the track. And critically, a permanent circuit like Talon Bend is on, is on the horizon. You've had a lot of uh, negotiations with them. And then the talk about what might be going on in Ballarat that CAMS are really championing as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's great. It's great to see. You know, it comes at the same time that, you know, we need uh, you know massive investment in uh, you know sort of operations like Winton. Um, it's great that there's an investment plan and a really big um, you know um, proposal for um, Ipswich. You know, which is an important track for us, important market for us. And uh, yeah, but I mean, anything that actually sees the development, obviously. Um, you know, we're looking at a five-year agreement uh, with um, Sam Shahin and and uh, and Taylor Bend, and you know, again, that'll be another another great circuit for us. When you walked into the sport, it was safe to say that it was at a fairly low ebb, and teams were on the on the precipice. As we stand here at the end of 2016, what's the state of the nation? Oh, look, I think the state of the nation is very positive. I mean, you know, I think when you have five CEOs in four years and, you know, there's a lot of change. I mean, you know, um, Tony Cochran, you know, we, we all owe a credit to him in terms of what he built. Um, and there'd been a lot of change and a lot of question marks. But I think the reality is, and I said it from day one, the product, you know, is without doubt, you know, the best touring car racing on the planet. And I think that the product's always shone through uh, and, you know, putting... You know, having someone champion that, I'm in a very fortunate position that I champion that and, you know, our drivers and our role models and our wonderful race teams. And I think we've been able to pull together now something that's incredibly significant and that is going from strength to strength. So they're really very exciting times for the sport. You know, and the, the only other thing I'll say is that, you know, we've also, you'll see a lot start to roll out in terms of our 2025 vision as well. You know, so we're really, it's a good time with the sport to think about how we go forward over the next 10 years and how we continue to grow. The digital online platform has gone from strength to strength the television coverage locked in this is the second year and this year was the year of the fans getting the people back to the track getting them engaged here what's 2017 is it the year of radio based on the announcement (laughs) earlier this week Oh, look, you know, I think it's it's just continued growth, really. You know, for us, um, you know, I think the the you know the the really important um, hubs for us is we haven't invested heavily in digital, so there's a big investment going into digital next year. Um, you know, which is a really big win for the fans, and uh, the supercars travel platform. So the Virgin, um, you know, sort of association will really be seen in its uh, in its full um, you know full ebb uh, next year. Um, obviously great to have such a you know sort of powerful you know radio network um, behind us in Southern Cross Australia and obviously the triple iconic Triple M brand uh, so yeah I mean it's digital uh, retro round at Sandown and uh, obviously the, the you know the um, 10 year anniversary of um, of, uh, of Peter Brock's passing, passing showed us that the theming of events was a very very strong thing for our fans and so there's a couple more things in storm obviously retro round back at Sandown and and we'll announce shortly what we're doing in terms of Bathurst for 2017. So for us, it's actually just about, you know, doing what we do, putting on the best possible show that we can. And I guess the other big thing that fans are going to see is the the new tweak on the formats at uh, over in New Zealand, going to uh, back to pit stop races there, getting Phillip Island to longer races is all going to be critical in trying to get uh, get those races uh, building and, and and get those races up. 
Yeah, I mean, I think what, what, really what you've got to look at is um, something like Phillip Island. I mean, to, to make Phillip Island as successful as we would like it to be, uh, you need to bring back in the camping element and you obviously need to put on, a show, you know, put on the right level of show there. So, you know, that's something that, um, you know, is still a work in progress. And, you know, I think it's pretty clear that, you know, we went away from sprint races this year with a 120-kilometre format on Saturday and that threw, you know, threw up a lot of different winners and, you know, a lot of variables in terms of the overall racing. So... Um, longer races tend to sh- show our product shining, and so you know that's that's obviously going to be the focus. Uh, you know, within the limitations we've got, you know, we've got to be mindful of not putting too much of a burden on the competitors, and uh, you know, and obviously on the, on on the teams. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, we should go from strength to strength. And finally, in the boardroom wise, the are uh, the discussions about Archer's future in the sport is that. Is that still as solid as it was when they took over? Oh, look, you know, the, the only discussion is uh, is everyone continually talking about it. I mean, I think we're always the subject of, you know, takeover bids or offers or any of those things. And I suppose that's the strength of the sport. I mean, I think we probably get an offer every once or, you know, once or twice, you know, every single month someone wants to own the business. And obviously, you know, it's, it's not for me to say it's Archer's decision, but, it, you know, ultimately we've got a very successful business. Um, you know, we've got the business back to where it, you know, where, where it, uh, you know, almost back to its historical highs, you know, in, in Australia, which is important. And, uh, you know, ultimately they've been good partners in terms of the way in which they've dealt with the teams. I think everything else is, you know, a lot of dreamers in motorsport that, you know, think think they could own it. Um, a, lot, a lot of bids that keep on coming our way. But, uh, a lot yeah, of bigs reported that might not come your way. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So it, it is what it is. And, you know, our, our role is, I mean, we're, you know, we're neutral, we're, you know, between Archer and the teams. We're, we're about running the sport, and uh, that's what we get on and do. Thanks very much, and have a great Christmas. To you too, and to all of our fans. Thank you. After the break, we go from James Warburton to Roland Dane. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Bear Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back, and we're unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Roland Dane has seen success once again in 2016. He brought Shane Van Gisbergen to the team, and he repaid him with a championship. We also saw Red Bull sign up for three more years with Triple Eight Race Engineering, and Holden come on board with, of course, the HRT moniker being attached to the only factory team left in the Supercars Championship. It has been a big year, and I started by asking Roland about this year's sponsorship re-signing. Uh, into another new contract for another three years is, um, is, is very pleasing. What do you think has been the highlight of the year? Um, I don't know. I'd probably tell you on Sunday night. Um, I think... Uh, performance at the Gold Coast was 
was exemplary. Um, Townsville, but the, as well New Zealand. But I think that I mean the fact is that we've had the the speed, the legs on everyone really since Darwin, and um, it's been satisfying to see all three drivers, the engineers, all working as hard together as they have done um, and they've never been closer to each other and worked better than they than they are right now this weekend the movement towards a, a next generation car how is the engineering going for that and how much work have you done in in as far as triple eight race engineering for what we're going to see potentially in 2017 but you won't see it in uh, 2017. You'll see it in 2018. You should see, um, uh, yeah, our, <coughs> our, our new Commodore um, out there. We've done, we've done plenty of work uh, already and continuing to. Next year will be huge for us in terms of the work on the new elements uh, that go into that car. So um, we won't be short of things to do in 2017, ready to roll out. It'll be a, in 18, it'll be a big year for us. What? What is the deadline you've put in place for roller testing and that sort of thing? Is this an August program or is it later in the year than that? Uh, we put a number of timelines uh, together and um, within those are, are certain expectations deadline-wise, but we'll keep those to ourselves for the moment and, um, uh, and they'll become obvious in due course. Uh, but, uh, it'll, yeah, it'll be plenty of work next year. And longer term, Craig... Is on, you know, without being rude, Craig's closer to the end of his career than the beginning. When do you start, or have you already got in place a succession plan for a third car, or does the third car not exist at Red Bull at Triple Eight Race Engineering if Craig Lowndes isn't there? Uh, I think we'll wait and see, and uh, I hope Craig continues for some time. We'll we'll see what. what uh uh, Craig, whether he finishes you know, third or fourth in the championship this weekend, um, the fact that he's still mixing with the young blokes uh, and finishing right up there is uh, is a sign that uh, it's not time to stop yet. But there is a time where you have to look at succession. Uh, there'll be a time, and to be honest, probably more likely they have to look at succession plan for me than him. So, uh, of course, you know, sooner or later, but I'm not thinking about it at the moment. And what about yourself you've gone through a few different changes in the structure of the team and uh, once again this year you've had quite a few uh, and about once again we've had uh, we've had a couple of um, changes personnel wise um, over over a decade we've had um, not that many and uh, but we've had a couple um, this year it happens um, but uh, each time it yeah, people have said, "Oh, he's leaving, or she's leaving, or whatever." And yeah, the end of the world is nigh. So, funnily enough, it hasn't been. So um, it's part of uh, a part of a structure. Teams evolve, and uh, it's my job. And one day it'll be somebody else's job to make sure that uh, that evolution is positive. PJ's is one that I'd like to get your thoughts on because I, I think, uh, you know, he's done an immense amount of uh, work for the team, which. The 
casual fan wouldn't actually realise how critical that is to making sure the operation runs, and that is bringing in sponsorships like Red Bull, where we talked earlier. Well, the, the casual fan probably wouldn't know who he is, but, the, uh, but there are lots of people like that up and down pit lane who are absolutely part of the backbone of the sport. And PJ did a tremendous job for us for a number of years, but you know, it had run its course, and, and it's time for him to, he wanted to go off and do something else and had enough of travelling and everything. And uh, so, uh, yeah, we agreed it was a, a, good time, a good time to go. The big deals in our, in our team have always been done by me, and um, we've got a very able um, uh, couple of people um, on our commercial side now <coughs> who are and have been bringing in um, bringing in partners and, and sponsors over the last couple of years very effectively. So uh, I, it's 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 it was a great innings with PJ for uh, for a number of years, but it had run its course and it was time for him to do something else before he um, got stale really in um, and and. You're almost almost resentful if you weren't careful of having to travel, mm-hmm. and, uh, and this is somewhere uh, for the most part a young man's sport or young girl's sport really. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, I'm the I'm the anomaly. But once again, you're going to bring someone up from inside the organisation to run well, that we role. We already have. They've already been there for <clears throat> that person's been there for a few years, uh, and um, so. Yeah, there's a couple of them involved on the commercial side, uh, and um, they've been very effective. Roland, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Have a great holiday, and it's not too long till you're back on the track. Exactly. Very short. Okay. It's always great to catch up with Roland Dane. To David Reynolds right after the break here on Inside Supercars. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso. And And you're you're listening listening to Inside Supercars. David Reynolds is seen as the class clown in the supercars pit lane, but he is quite a, a different character when you get a chance to speak to him in depth. This interview was right after he got his first podium of the year at Sydney in the final race of 2016. Dave Reynolds, it was a tough day at the office to finish the year, but a year with a podium is always a better year than a year without a podium. Absolutely. Better late than never, I say. I probably lost about 40 years of my life for those last, like, 10 laps with Wing Cup, six-time champion. Probably had a bit better car than me, so I did my best job to hold him off. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really, really grateful today. Even though I probably didn't have the best race, everything went wrong inside the cabin, but my car was kind of faultless. Now, last year at this time, after you were assaulted by your old team, (laughs) we had a chat about uh, what you were looking forward to this year. At Winton this year, we had a second chat, and you said, well... We're moving from Queensland to Melbourne. Actually, we might not have even known that. I think you were looking forward to moving to Queensland at the time. Yeah. And then 
move into a new office in Melbourne, then halfway through the year, it's unsuitable, so you move again. You must be looking forward to a little bit of continuity. Yeah, I think the boys are looking forward to yeah, not moving so much around. But yeah, you know, for a little, little team that we started at the start of the year, you know, Baz has done a fantastic job to put a really, really good team together. You know, He's got some people that have actually never been in the sport before and trained them up, and they've just come on so strong there. They're brilliant, brilliant people to work with, and they're the best team I've ever been involved in. For a little, little team, I love it. I've only ever been part of four-car teams where there's, you know, a lot more, a lot more people involved, a lot more politics. I suppose this is this suits me down to a T. You know, there's a lot more. It emphasises everyone's personality, and I kind of like that. How do you translate that into the success that was available to you at the bigger teams, and the success you realised at those bigger teams? How do I sorry translate? How do you translate this environment into a successful environment? Oh, it's just you mean it's just it's just a different environment. Well, I mean, obviously resources. Yeah. And yep. uh, and you were said about engineering experience, engineering minds, yep. more resources going in to make a car fast. Yeah. In this environment, you've got the right. You know, sounds like you've got the Gary Rogers sort of yeah, everyone's yeah. everyone's uh, drunk on the happy. Book. But how do you then turn that into a winning culture? Well, we, we're on the right path, I think. You know, it just shows, you know, the last, that sort of performance. We're on the up curve. We've just got to keep it on the up curve and keep it more consistent. And, you know, if we can... My job, my goal is always to qualify in the top sort of five or six. And that kind of sets up your weekend and sets up your championship, I suppose. Once you start qualifying further back, you kind of don't have the car to race with people. But um, I really enjoy this car. I can actually pass people. Where last year, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't think I could pass people that well because you know our our front end wasn't kind of where I wanted it to be. But we make did with it, and this this car is much better. I can from our test on Tuesday, we've changed some things, and it's it's come good. So but how th- do I change it into a winning environment? Yeah, uh, we just got to be better. Just do our, just do the smaller things better. Do all the one percenters, um, and it's just, it's, it's, that's what I love about this category. It's, it's you can win from no matter what where you start on the grid. You can win from no matter what your team is like. Everyone's got sort of similar power, same tyres, same brakes, and the rest is kind of up to the engineer, the mechanics, and everything to put it together. You know, we've we've learnt an absolute shit ton about performance this year and that's been the best fun and I love it. I guess the critical thing is always rolling off the trailer within the window yes. and that's probably something that Erebus hasn't been able to do over the journey. Yeah definitely but you know the last couple of rounds you know well if you look at Pukakoi we rolled out three tenths faster than everyone we rolled out perfect and that was our problem we we didn't change anything because we thought we we're still on the money and the track evolved and we never really got it perfect we never really got it good again until Sunday, but by then it was too late, and I had a crash with Rick Kelly, and then da 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 da. da. So, um, yeah, part of the, part of the part of the everyone's problem is you've got to roll out fast. But I think even if we don't, we've got we're starting to understand our car, and we've got the tools and stuff to to improve. But over the summer, we've got a new car built happening, so um, hopefully that doesn't change our sort of setup too much. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've never actually had a new car in this category in my life. Yeah. Even when Car of the Future came in, that was the test car. 
and the aero test car and you know they did heaps of miles and then gave it to me and the other two guys got new cars so I've actually never had a new car and one of the big things when you made the move down to Melbourne initially was it was all jammed in now is the processes in place in the garage the parts are on the shelf which they're supposed to be on and stuff like that um, yeah we don't have a big in- infantry but we're, we're starting to build it up um, but like it's still when stuff does go wrong we don't have we've never been in that situation where things go wrong and then we can we make it we don't have enough um, experience to make it better straight away so we kind of still stuff stuff up but you know every time you stuff things up you've got to learn from it and, you know something happened this weekend after after qualifying that we got disqualified from which is a good thing because hopefully they never do it again and they tend to know the rules and stuff and hopefully we can keep everyone the same you know hopefully we can keep the same crew as we have this year next year well Dave it's good to see you happy and congratulations on the podium hope you have a great Christmas thanks Greg cheers from David Reynolds now to DJR Team Penske and Ryan Story part one of his interview is coming up after the break. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, Through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. <laughs> Ryan Story, it's a pleasure always to catch up with you here. DJ Team Penske, can you talk to me about 2016 and your report card? Well, I think we've had a, an interesting year and, and continue to go through uh, the, uh, the sort of growing pains that, that, that are reflected in, in, in our results. But again, um, change into next year, different driver lineup. Um, a few, a few new faces in and amongst our personnel. It, it's, it's an opportunity again to, uh, to reset the, uh, reset the uh, bar, and uh, and keep keep pressing forward. Uh, I think we've learned a lot of valuable lessons this year. I think we've we've uh, increased our manufacturing capability internally. Um, we've done a better job, I think, in in, in structuring some of our processes and 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 really honing a DJR Team Penske way of doing things and starting to develop that culture in the right way. We've started in many respects from uh, a modest a modest base and whilst it sounds like I'm making an excuse for a lack of results it's it's more it's more the, the brutal reality that the competition the way that it is, if you're not operating in in some form of optimal way you're not going to be. You're not going to inherit a result by default. So, for us to really see a return, and for us to get the sort of results that, that that we we believe we're capable of getting, we have to go through some of these periods of pain. And it's hard not to look back on 2016 with a little bit of frustration, because I think there are opportunities that we let uh, slip through our grasp, and certainly there are weekends where we didn't get the most out of what we had. But fundamentally, we've learned a, a number of uh, a number of important lessons, and, and really really stepped up our, um, our back-end side of things to ensure that uh, we start 2017 on a stronger footing than what we started this year. 
the changes you talk about a fairly big one in engineering and a very big one in the car Scott McLaughlin coming over at what point do you get to start working with Scott on what he's going to need and is he working with Adam next year or is that all part of the changes well, I think the, the personnel side of things, um, we'll, we'll talk about that in due course, but uh, uh, you have to respect where people are, especially uh, drivers in particular. You have to be mindful and, and respectful of existing relationships and part, partner relationships, sponsors and all those sorts of things. So you have to be mindful that uh, you treat others how you wish for yourself to be treated in some respects, I, I suppose. Uh, but you never, you never forego an opportunity to to try and uh, prepare yourselves in the best way possible. So we'll, we'll certainly before uh, we have a test day, we'll take an opportunity to to get the ergonomics right in our race car for, for Scotty Matt coming in. Uh, there's a few other things that we'll do to try and prepare ourselves as best as we can and continue to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, we're big change of this nature is, is not something that... Uh, you actively seek out to do and, and it can be either disruptive or present an opportunity to to break new ground and Jeff Schwartout often says you can't make an omelette without cracking a few eggs and, and there's definitely truth to that but uh, the approach as we move forward with Scotty and, uh, and Fabian is, is one that we're really excited by but we want to make sure we, we, we prosecute that in the right way and, and I think that our a plan plan of attack to begin the year as we lead to our first test day is one that that, that is is the right approach to maximise track time and that prep time as best as we can. Again, being mindful of the fact that that, that people come in, and people leave with with existing relationships that you have to respect. Obviously, one of those uh, one of those things that you have to do in December, if not before, is get things like driver measurements. But when a driver's contracted to someone else, what of that driver are you allowed to say have access to so that you can put in place what you have to do in the following year oh, I think for basic basic things like suits and things all they need to tailor's tape measure and, uh, and and that side of things is pretty straightforward but I think as it comes to things like uh, seat, seat inserts belts, um, pedal box positions all those sorts of things um, you can you can have casual conversations to get an understanding of, of what what various preferences are, and I think that that's that's easy enough to to have happen. That's certainly not disclosing anything that that shouldn't be disclosed. But uh, basically, when you get your earliest opportunity to have have the new guy jump in the car and see how it all fits, you you take that and 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 that's the baseline from which you start. I think with testing being as limited as it is. Uh, any opportunity you have to go on track, whether it's a rides day or, or, or well, rides days being the primary example, you you take that uh, as a way of uh, of trying to finesse some of those things, uh, so that you're not limiting uh, limiting that 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 valuable time such as it is. So the plan of attack's no different to how anyone else embraces a, an incoming driver, but but certainly if you have an opportunity to put it, put to get a a step, a step ahead of the game uh, with, with, with some of the smaller, finer detail you take it. But again, you have to be mindful of those existing relationships. So in this case, you've got a driver departing to uh, Walkinshaw. You're getting a driving driver from Gary Rogers. At what point, like normally the contract would say 31st of December, 
is it appropriate for you to say to Scott Pye, you cannot touch a Walkinshaw car or go into a Walkinshaw garage until January 1? Or is it a case of come to the end of Sunday at Sydney and then if you go in and get fitted up and that sort of thing, that's not breaching or we would not be um, upset with that? Or do you actually want to have some gardening leave to get him to forget some of the DJR Team Penske ways? No, I think that, you know, oh, Craig, look, we took an opportunity to have a test day a few weeks ago coming into this event and and it was some uh, somewhat monotonous running, uh, having, a, having a look at and evaluating and track running some new parts, so we elected to not have Scotty Pye run that, but look, we're fairly pragmatic. Um, once, once we get through this weekend, we're fairly open about what Scotty Pye does, and, and he certainly leaves, uh, leaves us with, uh, there's no, uh, certainly nothing but, uh, but our, 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 I suppose, good fortune and good luck, best wishes for him for, for, for the future, but because we have that mindset doesn't necessarily mean others do um, and you can I'm sure you can probably colour in between the lines there yourself but uh, but the reality is I think that you have to be you have to always be somewhat mindful of the future and and just because the guy who we've got with us now has an opportunity to do something different doesn't mean that you, you should keep one hand tied behind his back um, as uh, as he takes the next step forward so Whilst, whilst it's a new chapter for us and something we're really excited about, we don't need to. We don't need to. Uh, we don't need to do anything that in any way hampers or hinders uh, Scotty's chances to uh, Scotty Pye's chances of uh, of moving on to the next thing. So, in actual fact, he would be contracted to you to the end of the year. But if he needed to get himself down to Melbourne and into that car, that's not something that you're going to stand in in his way. Oh, God, a little bit of that's already happened. I mean, again, you have to be pragmatic and realistic about this. And I mean, Dick's one of Dick's great sayings is all you get from looking back is a sore neck. And everyone, he moves on to greener pastures, and, and we certainly move on to to in a, in a new direction for sure. But like I said, um, I think that our our approach to that, and, uh, and certainly Roger, Roger's approach to that, over 50 years of racing successfully, um, in in in, in some instances differs from from how other people choose to operate in and amongst the pit lane but again that's that's their right and their want to do um but uh, you know it's not it shouldn't necessarily be the case that good fences make good neighbors uh but that 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 is sometimes how things play out in pit lane that's that's life well we move on to ludo then i imagine that a company like djr team penske has a unique opportunity where people will approach you more so than you necessarily need to approach them. Um, Phil Keed was quite open about, I looked at what's going on here, I am interested in progressing a career internationally, and this was my first stepping stone in that. And he was very open about those thoughts when he talks about why he wanted to choose you. Or, But I don't know who made the first move. I just know that he had always ambitions to do that. Ludo has done the international thing. How were you able to secure someone like Ludo? Oh, look, I'm not. I'm not going to comment as to as to what our staff makeup may or may, might not be. Um, it's not 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 appropriate for for me to do so at this point in time, Craig. With the, with the greatest of respects, but uh, I think that people are. People are conscious of the fact that in Roger Penske you have a 
a, a, a man who has tremendous racing instinct and pedigree. He's, a, he's an out-and-out racer. He's very passionate about what he does. And the business that, that Roger is building here in Australia is, uh, is well, it's substantial already. And he, is, he has vast ambition to grow it. And the racing side of the th- side of things is really the the linchpin of 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 that I suppose that that structure. And and it's it's going to be in the same way that it, that it effectively re- reflects the marketing operations of his U.S. business interests. It's the same here. So in terms of commercial stability, security, um, there are probably no greater opportunities than than than. The, in a team like ours. Also, in a team like ours, there is a wherewithal and an appetite for success very quickly. Now, we haven't got there yet because we're systematically trying to build something here and it's not an overnight thing. But I think that for the people who are in the team now and certainly for those who who may, may join us in the future, it's the opportunity to build something and do it in the right way and sometimes it's sometimes it's a bit more fun to be the challenger and to, to challenge the status quo I mean if you look at a team like Triple Eight, Roland Dane is an outstanding operator he is almost without peer in this series and you only need to look at the results over the last decade and since buying Briggs and winning their first championship with Jamie Jamie they have not had a sustained challenger throughout that time. There have been pretenders to the throne, of which DJR was one, using their equipment in 2010, with admittedly some outstanding people within the team. That has never been sustained. So our challenge, and the challenge for everyone else in pit lane, is to, is to present a... Uh, or to prove to be a worthy ally of an organisation like that, and I suppose it's a... It's an interesting challenge for anyone to see a guy with the appetite and resource of Roger Penske wanting to wanting to take up that fight, getting on board and helping build it. So uh, that's that's really the uh, that's really the uh, the uh, I suppose where the interest lies for even someone like Phil Keat to to have a look over and and even Fabian and Scotty Mack next year. I mean, we've we have not yet delivered on our promise. Behind the scenes, it's very clear the direction and the trajectory that we are on. We just have to put it all together. We have to make, we have to turn plans into realities, as as the case may be. And uh, and again, that wherewithal and appetite for success, and the resource and commitment behind that, is a driving force in 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 the approach. And look, everyone in this business is in a lot of instances a frustrated race driver in the case of a lot of our mechanics you get them on a cart track and you can you can you can spot guys who coulda shoulda woulda if given the right opportunity along the way but but we're all very very competitive people and again being in that challenger position is something that's 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 enticing in the right ways for sure And that's where we'll leave our chat for the moment with Ryan's story. Part two of that interview can be heard on the next edition of Inside Supercars, which is coming up between Christmas and New Year. I hope you can join us for them. 
That's all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars as the checkered flag waves. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars.